Hi there, you're listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast. TCC, a home for you. All right, it's good to see everybody this morning. How are you doing? Good. A couple things real quick. Um, We're going to kind of take a left turn today. I was supposed to talk about angels and stuff. We're going to talk about that next week. So just be ready to talk about that next week. Um, How many of you know when God says go left, you go left? Right? Uh, A couple things real quick. We have our prayer furnace extreme coming up tonight at midnight. I remember when we first got here, we we started to do prayer furnaces, which is a once a month prayer gathering for about an hour, hour and a half. And we come together first Sunday of every month in the evening. And I remember we first did, I had somebody come up and say, well, why are we doing that? That doesn't seem like a lot. I said, well, how how long are we praying now? They said, well, none. I said, so it's more than what we're doing, right? Understand this, that that was never the destination. That was always the first step. How many remember back in the day when you were like a little, you know, a fetus? And then you came out, surprise, and then you learned how to be a human. You learned to talk and you learned to walk. You started crawling and then you stood up. And eventually, isn't it funny, you get up and you run and you're big and you're strong and then you go right back to where you used to be. Our next step as a church is this. Tonight we're going to pray for 24 hours starting at midnight. One hour time slots all the way through. Why? For a couple reasons. One, prayer is the gasoline in the engine of the church. If the church doesn't pray, we're not effective. And two, beloved, We are pushing into areas where there are forces of darkness at work. And what you've done before in the past to just kind of get you along is not enough to do with where God is taking us as a body. Now, the church is not a building. The church is a people, not a place. You're the church, I'm the church. That means this, God is asking more from us. So we get done, make sure you sign up for a one-hour slot. Could you not tarry one hour for God? We're going to come here. You're not going to do it from your home. not going to do it in your bed. You're going to do it here. Pray for an hour, and we're just going to saturate our region with prayer so that we can experience God's love, power, and presence. Don't forget, your plan A. There's no plan B. And the second is this. As uh, Jenna indicated, we are like this close to reaching our goals for Family Fest. Uh, we're, we're, we're within um, $1,000 to, to hit our goal. Uh, someone asked you, if you haven't given yet, give. If you've given... Pray and give again. We want this event to be totally free for our community, uh, not a dime. You know, how many of you have been to, like, you know, some of, the, some of the, the Catholic fairs and the festivals and all that stuff? Everywhere you go, we went to the orchard yesterday. you got to take a small loan out to go to the orchard. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I like, my, I like my donuts, my popcorn, my ice cream, my funnel cake. I like it all. And I partook of most of it yesterday. This is totally free for our community. Why? Because we want to love our community extravagantly. You get to help with that. So do that, pray, sign up. We need candy to be a part of it. As we were in worship today, um, I had guys, you know, if you don't know me, you know, my, my calendar's out for a while because um, I, I like to make sure that, you know, it's my job to help to equip you to do the work of ministry. And I don't do that willy-nilly and I don't do that shooting from the hip. But I know this, the Bible says man makes his plans, but God directs his steps. So that means this, on a Sunday morning, my ears are always open to the Holy Spirit saying, do this. In the first service, God started to percolate my heart with some things. And I was like, Lord, I'm not sure if that's you. I think it is, but I'm not sure. And then Ruan came up and he started to speak half of what God was speaking to me. I said, I got it. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? How many of you know that if God can use you, he can change the world? 
God is not dependent on all of your ability and all your strength and all your intellect. He is dependent on your yes. He'll give you everything else that you need. So I said, okay, Lord, where do you want me to go? He says, I want you to put your talk down. And I want you to pick up my talk for today. I said, okay, we can do that. So as we were in worship, I'm going to start with this. This is what I saw. I saw this big aircraft carrier with all of these planes, these jet fighters, sitting on top of this aircraft carrier. And I saw, you know, a guy was filling them up, you know, like the big hoses. How many of you saw, like, you saw Top Gun? You saw the first one and the second one, right? Highway to, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Thank you. Thank you. And I saw all these planes sitting there. And I saw the aircraft carrier just go right into the wind, and they were getting ready to launch, but not a plane moved. And I was like, Lord, I understand. What's going on? Why are you showing me this? And I feel like the Holy Spirit told me this. He said, he said son, he says, I am ready to launch my purposes for this church and where we're going to go. He says, but right now, they are stuck on the tarmac. And what's keeping them stuck is two things. The first is this. They're so consumed with all the stuff going on inside their little cockpit, and they're wondering if it's time to launch, that they're doing nothing. They're consumed with their own little worlds. And the second thing is this. They're just not hitting the button. They're not launching because they're afraid to hit the button. They're afraid that they don't have enough power to do this. And I feel like this is what God's speaking to us today. Sometimes we forget why we do this. God did not save you to take you, to pluck you out, and to isolate you from everybody else. This is something that's bigger than you. He didn't save you just to pluck you out, to keep you safe, and to keep you away from everything bad that can happen. How many of you know that God saved you for a purpose? He did. And that purpose is beyond you and even our families. Sometimes we pray good prayers, but they're not in alignment with the heart of God. I remember, you know, when I first had my kids, and I prayed for my little son. And some of you know the story of Tyler. We almost lost Tyler when he was three months old. And if you've lost a child, or you've almost lost a child, something happens in that mechanism that I just can't, I'll never know what it understands to lose, you know, to lose a child. But I remember most of my prayers around my, my, my eldest son went around, Lord, keep him safe, Lord, keep him safe, Lord, keep him safe. And one day, God spoke to me in my, in my quiet time. He says, TJ, do you, do you think I love your son? I said, well, absolutely, Lord, you gave him to me. I know you love him. He says, you're praying the wrong prayer over your son. I said, what do you mean? He said, don't pray for me just to keep him safe. Pray for him to be right in the perfect will of my heart. If he's sitting in my purpose, if he's sitting exactly where he's supposed to be, that's the safest place he can be, whether he's in danger or not. Do you trust me with him? Yes, Lord. Then trust his purposes to me. Beloved, it's not just about our safety. And it's not just about our little thing. It's about what God wants to do with us. Some of you are so focused on your situations. We forget that God said this. If you seek me first, if you put my kingdom first, I'll take care of all the other things. But you have to trust. You have to step out. Ruan talked about this. You have to trust that if you honor God and you do what he does, what he's asking you to do, he's going to take care of all of the other things. But it doesn't work the other way around. Some of you are so focused on your internal struggles at work and this and that. You don't move. And your prayer is this. When I get everything ready, then I'll step out. When I get all this stuff done, when my family settles, when my family settles, then, Lord, then you can use me. That someday never comes. 
Focus on him. He is the glory and the lifter of your head. Let him lift your eyes off of you. Put them on him. And the second thing is this, beloved. You are equipped. You're trained. You are empowered. It's time to hit the button. It's time to allow the Holy Spirit to deploy you to do what you were created to do. What were you created to do? What Jesus was. To seek and save the lost. Not so that we could have a Christian alternative everything. We have our own music. We have our own TV shows. We have our own movies. We probably have our own brands of coffee. We even have our own mints. Test up mints. <laughs> They're delicious. Why did God save us? To go. So we're going to talk a little bit about what that looks like today. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Luke. Oh, dear Lord, I need my glasses. My font got much smaller in just a moment. <laughs> I got it today. Luke 4, 18 and 19. Like I said, next week we'll talk about angels and stuff like that. But today we're, gonna, we're just going to go this way. So let me, let me give some background to this. These are the words of Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus' life. You know, Jesus, in just a few chapters earlier than this, um, Jesus is, 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 is born, he's doing his thing. And then this incredible thing happens. He's, he's down by the Jordan, and John baptizes him. You know, John's purpose, John, you know, John the Baptist, his purpose was to prepare the way for Jesus. So he does. And when he baptizes Jesus, something incredible happens. The heavens open up. The Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. He's baptized in the Spirit. And then God speaks, and he affirms who Jesus is. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then right from there, he goes into the desert. The enemy tempts him. Angels come and minister to him. We'll talk about that next week. And then he goes right to the synagogue, and he has this moment. The Bible says this. You know, he goes up to read like he often does. In verse 18, it says this. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, what's interesting about this is, is this. It was after that moment, Jesus' public ministry was born. It was, it was declared. It was just, it was done. So this is what happens. Jesus comes and he takes, you know, goes on the scene and it's absolutely incredible. And he turns the world on its ear. He sets it on fire. And then, to take a left turn. He's got his disciples and stuff like that. And they thought, well, this is the way it was going to be forever. And he says, well, that's really not the master plan. Have you ever noticed that what you think your plan is is different sometimes than what God's plan is? So he tells them, he says, listen. He says, I'm going to die. So you need to be ready. And they're like, sure, God, you're going to die. Yeah, pfft, yeah, right, whatever. Because we've already watched you raise people from the dead. We've watched all this stuff. This can't be a big deal. And then the unthinkable happens to them. He dies. But then he comes back just like he said he would. And then he throws him another curveball. It's not that Jesus was just going to come back and be with him forever. He says, listen, guys, I have to leave. But it's better for me to go because when I leave, the advocate, the Holy Spirit can come. And it's through him 
coming upon you like he did me out of the Jordan, greater things will you do. So they're hanging out. Everything's great. The end of the book of Luke going into Acts. And on the day, you know, Jesus is standing there talking to him, giving him his last final things. The Bible says that he's taken up into the clouds and he disappears. What do you think was going through the minds and the hearts of the disciples in that moment? Do you think any were like, nuts? What do we do now? He's not here. What do we do now? Do you, do you think that maybe they had a struggle bus moment and they didn't know what to do? Jesus had just told him, he said, listen, guys, I have to go, but don't worry, you got this. How many of you have ever felt like you don't got this, even though they tell you that you got this? But he gave them instructions. He said this. He says, I want you to go and I want you to pray. And you're going to pray until the Holy Spirit comes upon you, until he comes. And when he comes, he's going to fix, he's going to change everything. Well, what was the part that changed? How did it all change? Why did they need to be empowered with the Holy Spirit? So that they could accomplish their mission. What is their mission? It's the same mission that Christ had. John 4, 18. Beloved, it's our mission. Look how it begins. Can you throw that verse up, please? The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Jesus said that after he was baptized. You see, the S has got the big S. You know what that means? It's the Holy Spirit. So know this, beloved. We cannot accomplish the task that God has for us a part of the power, you know, from a power of the, the Holy Spirit. And you can't just know about him. He has to come upon you. The Son of God had to have that same experience that God wants us to have. We see it in the, in the life of Jesus, and we also see it in the life of the early church. The 120 were up in the upper room, and what happened? The Holy Spirit came upon them like tongues of fire, and they changed the world. What was the difference? The Holy Spirit coming upon them. It activated ministry for Jesus. It activates us. Now look at the rest of the passage. The Holy Spirit is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. That word anointed is very interesting. The word there for the Greek actually means consecrated or set apart. That means that God fastened Jesus for one singular purpose, to proclaim the good news. Do you know that you are consecrated, set apart, anointed for one singular purpose? Do you know why God saved you? So that you can save others. He did. That's the core mission. He saved you so that you can save others. He didn't save you and rescue you to put you on a shelf somewhere and to keep you safe because he has this collection. How many remember Beanie Babies? The goal is not to keep you in mint condition so that he can sell you at a later date. <laughs> Have you ever had toys you can't play with because they're in mint condition and you're saving them for a later date? Play with the toy. You're consecrated, you're anointed for a purpose. What is, oh, put that verse back up, just leave it up there. <laughs> Thank you. Why did he save you? Why did he anoint you? To proclaim the good news to the poor. He's talking about poor there, he's not talking about people that don't have money. He's talking about the poor in spirit. Those that have not been awakened to who God is. 
That sound like the Beatitudes, you remember? Blessed are the who? Poor in spirit. That's who he came to. The good news that Jesus came and he died for them and he's there to deliver them is, is like water to those in the desert. The poor in spirit. How many of you remember when you were poor in spirit? And you didn't know God. And, and the world was confusing. And you had no hope. Jesus came to bring you hope. Blessed are the poor in spirit. He came, anointed, consecrated, to proclaim to those that were poor in spirit, us, that there's a better way, there's something else to do, there's a better way to go. But if we don't stand up and proclaim it, who will? There's nobody behind us. Do you understand that? Nobody. You are God's plan A. That should terrify you. <laughs> Terrifies me. He looked at me and he says, that chunky Greek, he's enough. I'm like, are you sure? Are, are you sure? There's people, you know, they're, not, you know they get, they're smarter, they're stronger. They, yeah, no, you're enough. The most important thing you bring to the table is your Yes. The most important thing you bring to the table is your yes. He doesn't need your stuff. He doesn't need your intellect. He doesn't need your gifts. He can take all the gifts that you got right now and give them to somebody else right now. In the blink of an eye, he needs your yes. Let's keep going. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Interesting. He has sent me. Sent. Jesus didn't wait for people to come to him. He went to them. That word sent in the Greek, you know what that word is? Apostolos. Does that sound familiar? It should. That's where we get the, the root word for apostles. The apostles were the sent ones. Messengers. Even more than messengers. You know what they were? They were ambassadors. Now there's a difference between a messenger and an ambassador. A messenger just comes and they just deliver a message. Here you go. But ambassador, when they come and they visit a new country, they come and with them comes all of the authority and the full weight of the country they represent. So we are the sent ones, apostolos, which means this. When we go and we proclaim God's goodness in his heart and we come in, into these situations and we proclaim God's power and we come and we proclaim freedom to prisoners, God has given you all the power you need, all the authority you need to see that happen. Here's the question. Is that your posture? Do you understand what you bring with you when you walk into a room? Do you understand what you bring with you when you go into that dark place at work? I told you the story, man, when I got invited to go see that concert from American Motherload. Ugh. I mean, it was a rough thing. I'm there all night. I was suffering for Jesus right there. I remember one of my buddies goes, well, aren't you afraid? I was invited by a friend that didn't know Jesus. I said, I'm going to go there. Goth, dark, skulls, all kind of weird stuff. And I'm standing right in the middle. I'm, I'm just shining in my in my pink polo shirt. <laughs> One of these things does not belong here. One of these things is not the same. You know, right? Are you afraid? No. Why? Because with me comes all of the authority of heaven. All of it. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead beats in my chest. 
Bring it. Is that how you walk into a room? That's what it means. He has sent you with all the authority, with all the papers, with all the plan to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Notice he doesn't say to ask if you'd let the prisoners go. Does he say that? No, he says be free. You, you're free. You, you're free. By the way, prisoners is not a friendly term. It's a term of war. It's a term of violence. These are people that are taken captive. Do you understand? The world around us right now, these are captives that need to be set free. The enemy has twisted and he's distorted and he's, he's bound these people. And they can't see the light and they don't know what to do. And some of them pray and they ask for God to help them. You know how God helps them? He sends them you. He sends them you. God put this church here for a reason. Not to be pretty on a hill. To be dirty. To get our hands in the mud. And to set captives free. I have no desire to be a sterile, pretty, safe church. None. If that's what you want to do, if that's what you want to be, let me go. It's not my heart. My heart's to be everything that God wants us to be. Let's keep looking at the passage. And recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. When you read that word for sight, it's not just physical sight. It's those who have been blinded spiritually. How do you help somebody that's been blinded spiritually to see? How do you do it? Is there anything in this world that can help people with spiritual problems? We know this when you read the Bible. Is the Bible just a non-spiritual good vibe book? Did I do that right? I'm trying to learn like young person lingo. It's really tough. They should offer that as like a second language in a school. Right? Did I just slay it? Ah, ah, you know what, every time I do that, I think of like, what is it, the progressive commercials where they, the old, they teach the old people to be like their parents, to try to not be like their parents? I may do that. The Bible is alive. It's alive. When you read it, the words jump off the page. They activate things inside of you. The Holy Spirit in you is alive. Have you ever felt, you ever see what they did with like a, you, you take a Coke bomb, two liter of Coke, and they put Mentos inside. And you, they usually do it with their grandma. They're like, Grandma, look at this. And she's looking over while they put the Mentos in. And then Grandma gets saturated. She's cussing. And all the kids think it's the funniest thing on the planet. And all Grandma's doing is cutting them out of the will. Johnny, out. Susie, you get double now. Do you know that's the Holy Spirit inside of you? When the Holy Spirit resides inside of you, He's like the Mentos and the Pop. He's always looking to get out. It takes more effort to keep him in than it does to let him out. Think about it. Think about all the consternation you feel when you're walking around. You're like, oh, God, I don't know if I should say that. I know you said this, but I don't know if I should say Should I do that? Wouldn't it just be easier if you just let it out? And God says, I want you to go pray for that. Okay, let me just go pray for that person. Lord, help that person right now. Amen. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Instead of going, oh, I don't know. My stomach hurts. I don't know if I should do this. Am I wrong? Just do it. Let it out. 
It's the Holy Spirit inside of you. That's how you see people that are spiritually blind see again. And set the oppressed free. Are you tired of being powerless? When is the last time you allowed God to use you to show up in somebody's life in a powerful way? Why not you? Well, God does that with super spiritual people like, like Angel and intergalactic spiritual people, you know, like, like, you know, like Pastor Trish, but he could never use me. He can and he will. What's the most important thing you bring to the table? Your yes. Use me. Use me. I don't know how you're going to pull it off. How many of you know it's not your job to figure out how he's going to pull it off? It's your job to say yes. Let's keep going. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is the part I think sometimes we forget. It's not just enough for us to, uh, to see people experience freedom for God. But we have the privilege of helping people to learn what it means to live a favored life. Fully empowered by the Holy Spirit. Blessed. And sent. This is why we do what we do. God's called us to go. So in front of us, it's very simple. We, we have a choice. We can either stay put and the world around us dies or we can choose to stand up and go. I know it's scary, but trust me on this. God has been preparing you for this moment for your entire life. I remember years ago, when I played football, I could actually get up in the morning without pain. I was in 10th grade. And I remember we were going through all the summer workouts. I played on a team in, in Pennsylvania. That year, our 10th grade team was, we were first in the state of Pennsylvania, and we finished for, uh, third in the nation, all classes. And as we were getting ready to play our first game, it was a home game, Coach Clipper came up to me and says, TJ, he says, as a 10th grader, they brought me up. They said, uh, you're going to be our, our kickoff returner. There's two of us in the back there. And I went, say what? <laughs> and, and I was nervous, but I said, oh, okay, coach. And he saw the day of our game. I don't know if you ever played under the lights on a Friday night. It's ridiculous. He could tell I was a little disturbed. Maybe it was me throwing up on the sideline. I don't know. He could pick up those subtle signs. <laughs> I remember Coach Clippa came up to me. He said, son, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm great, coach. And he looked in my eyes. Do you ever look in people's eyes and they tell you they're great, but they're not great? I said, I don't know if I can do this. And he said, son. He said, you put in all the time in the weight room. You've, you've run. You're in great shape. You know all the plays. He said, all we need from you is to believe that you can do the things that we know that you can do. He says, son, can you do this for me? I remember looking at him saying, coach, I, I, I'll give it a shot. I'll do it. He goes, okay, get out there. You go out there, and I remember the first kick. And, of course, I'm praying, Lord, don't let that ball come to me. Lord, don't go. And he was like, it's coming right at me. <laughs> I caught that ball. Got about 10 yards. I, I did a little shake and bake, ran up there. And my goal, I had two goals. Don't throw up on the field. And don't drop the ball. Those are my, there's no score in a touchdown. Don't die. Don't embarrass your family. And you know what? I accomplished both those goals. Got about 10 yards. They pat me on the butt and went off there. Way to go. And you know what happened? In that moment, my mindset shifted. 
I went from I could never do that to I can do this. Beloved, you need a mindset shift. Some of you have been waiting to take that last step forever. And the enemy tells you all the reasons why you can't take that step. Stop listening to the voice of the enemy. Listen to the Holy Spirit who's speaking to you saying, son, daughter, you've got this step. Don't be that plane on that carrier just sitting there revving her engines, looking great, revving his engines, looking great, but doing nothing for the kingdom. It's time to take a step. We are surrounded by people that are bound in darkness. We're surrounded by people that don't know how to get out. And you hold in your hands the power and the plan to free them. Say yes. So we're going to do something bananas today. This is not what I was going to talk about, so it's just this is different. But I think nobody's going to die. Has anybody died yet? Some of you are like, Pastor TJ, where are you taking us? I'm going to ask the ministry team to come on up. I feel like we got to deal with two things today. And then we're going to go home. It's early. I'd say you could see, what's that? I'd say you could go see the Eagles, but they're not playing today. You have a carefree day. I, we're playing tonight. The Steelers are playing tonight. I'm a wreck. <laughs> I got any elders here? Huh? That's true. God bless the Phillies. You got to promise me this. Here's the promise. If I pray for the Phillies to win, you got to promise me if you hit the Yankees, you kick their tails. In Jesus' name. All right. Uh, this is what I want you to do. Bow your heads real quick. I think these are the two things. I know. These are the two things that God wants to target today. One, some of you have been so consumed with your own world, you've been stuck. You've been blind to all the kingdom things that are going on all around you because of the focus, the internal focus. And God wants to remind you of this. If you trust him with all the things going on in your personal life now, if you trust him with those things, God will take care of all those things. But your focus can't be that. Your focus has to be on him. He is the glory and the lifter of your head. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness then everything else will be added unto you. Today, allow God to lift your head off of yourself and onto him and his purposes. And here's the question that you have to ask. Lord, what would you have me do? So right now, I want you to talk to the Holy Spirit. I want you to ask him this. Say, say, Holy Spirit, have I been self-focused or am I kingdom focused? And listen to what he tells you. Now the second thing is this. 
like that plane sitting on the deck of the carrier, you are fueled, you're prepared, you're ready to go. All you have to do is hit the button. All you have to do is be activated. Who is the one that activates us? That's the Holy Spirit. We see how the Holy Spirit activated Christ when he came up out of the water. The Holy Spirit wants to activate you, give you everything you need so that you can accomplish the mission. What is the mission? It's God's mission to seek and save the lost. That's it. Today, some of you, you struggle because you're still, you're stuck and you don't feel like you have enough to get through. The power to get you through to the next level is the power of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that empowers us. He's the one that gives you everything you need to be everything that you are. So today, if you find yourself in a place and you're like, man, I just need to take that step, I want you to come up and I want you to get prayed for. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, God, we'll have people up here to pray with you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit and maybe you're sitting on the tarmac and you're still afraid to move, pray, have people up here to pray. And as they lay hands on you, we're gonna activate the Spirit inside of your life and you're gonna take up off that runway and you're gonna be everything that God created you to be. This is the time to do this. This is the time to soar. But you have to take the step you have to be willing to say yes. So everybody stand up. We got time, it's early. You don't have to get your kids yet. Please, sometime during the day, get your kids. This is what I want you to do. If you need prayer for either one of those things, I want you to come up. And maybe you don't need prayer for that at all. If you don't, I want you to take four minutes where you're at right now. We're gonna pray for the Holy Spirit to continue to move on us. And we're gonna pray for Family Fest. And we're gonna pray for all the things that are happening. Today is a day God is shifting us as a church. We're taking a step. And you're part of that. We're stepping into God's purposes. The word that I kept getting over and over and I was afraid to share it, is God is starting to impregnate us and to prepare us for this next season. It starts today. It starts a 24 hour prayer and it starts with this. So if you need prayer, come now. If not, I just want you to take, again, four minutes in your seats. Just lift your hands. And let's just pray that God would come and he'd fill this house. Think of all the people that are coming that'll be here. Let's pray that they all get to experience freedom. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast. We hope this met you exactly where you are. To learn more about us, head to our website at tccde.com or Follow us on social media at Trinity Community Church. TCC, a home for you.